relatively quiet out there. No tape bombs in the last couple days. Uh, we'll see what Mr. Powell has to say about that. Crowd strike swings and misses. We got some activity in pharma. What about growth? Are we seeing signs of life in the growth sector? We'll discuss that and a whole lot more on Wednesday's pre-market prep. Mitch, roll the intro. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders and investors. We're trading up six handles in the S&P futures. We're making five and a half at 3967.50. Uh, we have the dollar in the red, not by much, by 33 cents at 106.44. TLT up modestly too, 37 cents, 102.35. Rally in crude, back above 80, up 242.8062. Uh, gold up 1775.30. That's 11 dollars and 60 cents. Silver trying to get back over 72. That's up 31.9 cents at 21.75 and a half. Bitcoin snuck over 17K, at least in the cash overnight, but falling back a bit, up 380 at 16,665. And Ethereum futures, they're up 42.50 at 12.48. We'll bring in Triple D, see what he's observing from the after hours and pre market trading. and. We've backed off. We've had a little bit of the buy the dip opportunity, but uh, not a huge buy the dip opportunity yet. Triple D, are you out there? Yeah, I'm out there. It's quiet. I mean, we're in quiet. We're in, I don't know what you want to call this. It's like we're in this middle ground. We do have some earnings this week, but we're kind of waiting for Powell talk. We're kind of waiting for next month's or next, uh, yeah, obviously last month's CPI, but waiting for the next CPI data point coming in a couple in a week and a half. I mean, we're just kind of in the quiet time. There is individual news stories. There is individual movers. But overall, this market's very quiet right now. Volatility's coming in. And I mean, this is what is eventually going to happen. Um, and, and, and again, we have the playbook for all of this. We just have to go back to 2001, 2002, and look what happened in 2003 to 2008. We know value stocks outperform, but what really happened? The market got very quiet for a long time. And why? Because people got disinterested in the market. They stopped looking at their stocks. They were down too much money. You know, I talked to, you know, a friend who was, you know, calling me literally every day back in 2020 about stocks. You know, oh, what's my stock looking at? What's this looking at? What's this looking at? And, you know, now not calling at all. Because all of his stock portfolio is red, and I, I actually ran into him about a month and a half ago, and I'm like, how's the stock portfolio? He's like, oh, I don't look at that. He's like, I'm down in everything. And I'm like, this is what happens, and that's why eventually it gets very quiet. And I can remember my first, uh, my first article in CFA Magazine, I wrote for CFA Magazine for a long time. I remember the first one I wrote was, why is it so quiet in the trading room? And I talked about this, you know, that everybody was holding bags from the tech bubble. Everybody, you know, I was stopped looking at their stocks. So there's just lack of interest in the stock market. And that is why, um, and that is what we're eventually going to go into here. I mean, we're still in the repricing period. We're still in the multiple contraction period. You're still seeing stocks like CrowdStrike come down. But eventually you get to a point where everything's just so beat up that people aren't looking anymore. And there's a lack of interest. So we are going to eventually see the VIX, I believe. I'll predict this. But we see it at 22 right now. I think 15. by this time next year, we'll be 14, 15. Oh. There'll, be some, there'll be some tape bombs. But the VIX back in like 2006, 2007 got down to like 11. Like we were really getting low. And there was just no interest. It was really quiet. Not great for me as a trader. You know, those years are tough years because it's just not the volatility. I love the volatility. Down markets, up markets, great. Markets that don't move, hard to make money. But just anticipate that eventually we're going to continue to leak volatility 
we're going to continue to be quiet for a prolonged period of time simply because there's too many bag holders. And there's other places to put your money besides. And there's and and that and we didn't have that problem in 2003, Joel. Not really. Now you have. Uh, and Kramer mentioned it yesterday, and I've mentioned it and taken heat. People are like, wow, you can't tie your money up for 5%. You're losing 8% to inflation. Well, that might be the case. But, money. Yeah, well, and you are, but you know, at least you can sleep well at night knowing you're not losing 5% or 29% in the NASDAQ. It is competition. I'm not saying I'm putting all my money in you know, at 5%, but I'm saying there is an alternative. And grandma, who, you know, the long-term, you know, performance of the market, the stock market is what, 8 9% a year. So you're trying to pick up four points, what you're trying to pick up. As rates come higher to five or five and a half, I don't know if they're going to go much higher than this. You know, we're, we're obviously, we're 5.1 in, in money in, in Ontario right now. And I know the U.S. hasn't quite got to that five if you're tying it up a longer term. We saw four and a half, 4.6. Uh, but, you know, rates, we're going to get another rate increase at the next Fed meeting again. Maybe you're going to see those fives. But just be prepared that this market, this quietness in the market is going to become the norm. I think one other thing to keep in mind, too, is I don't think rate. I mean, everyone is worried about rates going up right now and eventually they'll flatten out. But I don't think we're going to get back down to those low rates that we had I, I just think there's an equilibrium we got you know way too low and yeah the fed you know eventually is going to stop taking them up but these anticipations like today what what you know what's probably gonna say oh I, if we whooped inflation i changed my mind you know it just i, I just think we're in for a whole new investing period and you just have to adjust you, you know you can adjust your short term and your intermediate trading but it's really hard i mean when had long trends in the market to adjust your your long-term investing especially if you own something like CrowdStrike holy mackerel good morning Mitch uh CrowdStrike you talked about that pandemic low getting uh getting down there what did they do to Wall Street they well it looks out. like they're about CrowdStrike yeah it looks like uh they're not liking the CrowdStrike let's get into it and CrowdStrike Q3 adjusted EPS coming in here at 40 cents beat the 31 cent estimate sales at 581 uh, million beat the 573.82 million estimate there uh CrowdStrike sees Q4 adjusted EPS at 42 cents to 45 cents on the high end versus a 34 cent estimate so right there in Q4 that's not looking too bad total revenues 619.1 million to 628.2 million on the high end versus a 632.84 estimate there you see where they're starting to get hit a little bit on the total revenue and then when you go into the full year 23 adjusted eps it's higher than the estimate but then we get back towards the total revenue it just comes in line there with their estimates so it looks like they're struggling a little bit on total revenue outlook uh, but we'll have to wait and see. That's for Q4. And then overall for full year 23, total revenue is looking like in line. I mean, we're just at this market here. If you own a stock that's got to pee above 50, you got to be scared. And it's, it's all about value. You're going to see these tape bombs happen. It's like it may not happen today, may not happen tomorrow, but the forward P on CrowdStrike is 75. I mean, they're just not buying these stocks. So eventually they get a tape bomb, it gets hit. Yes, it's cybersecurity. Yes, you know, it's a great company. But again, it's this multiple contractions. The same thing with Tesla. Why does it continue to leak? Maybe it's, you know, Musk getting a little stretched a little thin and they're scared of that. But it's more multiple contraction. You're seeing multiple contraction in the high P names and multiple expansion in the low P names. That is exactly what this market has been doing for a long time. It's the overall trend. That trend, I believe, continues. So you got to look for buying dips on low P names and selling rips on high P names. I'm not buying dips on high P names. I haven't done it's a lot of simple. research. I haven't done a lot of research on this stock test, but you call it a great company. I mean, is that, I mean, just uh, cyber secure. I think crowd yeah. okay. great run okay. company. Great I mean, sense. I think a, a okay. great industry. So, you okay. know, and maybe maybe I'm not, you know, the specialist on knowing Palo Alto Networks from CrowdStrikes okay. from, you know, all the other ones. There's a pile of them out there. But I do know this is one of the one of the favorites, one of the darlings, but it doesn't matter. It's P.E. is 75. Yep. That is doesn't just reason enough to sell it in itself. And if you see growth start to slow, we talked about this, even when we're in good markets, if growth starts to show any signs of slowing, those P.E. multiples contract quickly. 
So I don't know if it's showing signs of slowing, but we're just in this market where high P names are underperforming low P names. Now, there's some stocks, like I mean, that have just been beat up so much, you're going to get these wicked little rallies, like a Carvana that's losing money, doesn't even have PE because you know it's burning cash, gets these wicked little rallies every once in a while. There's gonna be these. But CrowdStrike never even really like it's sold off. Don't kid yourself, it's down from what three hundred dollars. So it's you know been cut down sixty percent, but it's not down ninety-five percent. Some of these stocks are down 90, 95%. That's probably because of cybersecurity. So when you compare it to other high P names, it actually has held up well. You know, you can say, how do you say, you know, 60%, down 60%, it's held up well. Well, that nosebleed multiple, you know, Amazon is down 60% almost from the highs. I mean, you know, and obviously, you know, it's got a higher multiple as well. But, you know, it's also the number one retailer in the world, sells, you know, 10% of everything we buy. So it has other, you know, ways, you know, obviously it's, it's a, just a huge company. It's a bad comparison. But just going back to CrowdStrike, I just think in the high multiple names, I just think you've got to be looking that this pattern of selling high PE names, it's going to have these little rip roaring rallies. And maybe it's today because we got Bitcoin trading up and some of the Kathy names are actually trading up here today. There's going to be little pops, but every time they seem to get a pop, there's just more sellers. And that's why, because you have this underlying overhead supply that keeps coming into these stocks. Because so many bag holders, please give me my money back. The person that bought it last week is hoping for a 3 4% rally. The person that bought it last month is hoping for a 10 15% rally. The person who bought it last year is hoping for a 300 or 400% rally. <laughs> and they're going to be hoping for a long time. It's because people do not like to take a loss. It's right back to behavioral finance. It's called loss aversion. People don't like to sell at losses. The reason I am profitable in, in my trading and why you know I'm consistently profitable every month is not because I'm an awesome stock picker. It's because I take losses. It's because I eat those losses. That's the difference. But most people don't. They bag hold them. So that gives us predictability that when you have stocks that are going straight down, when they rally, there's going to be more sellers as these people are trying to get their money. Trying to get out. The people that bought it yesterday yeah. are looking for a 17% rally. I'm going to limit my technical comments on this one because we're really in no man's land, smashing the low of the move. But there is a buyer here getting up at 4 this morning, and they're targeting under 110, pre-market low, 109.30. So look at that if you know for a potential buy zone if it gets down there. And it looks like everyone had scooped it up on the cheap once out at 115. So potential early range CrowdStrike, uh, 115. Mitch, we got uh, any stocks traded down in sympathy with uh, CrowdStrike? Oh, we could take a look at PanW, right? Uh, That's an easy one to just connect the relationship to. This one has held up, right? They did have their earnings. Their earnings weren't too bad. But the stock went nowhere on that earnings, and that showed me a lot. Um, So it showed me a little bit more that, Maybe they're meeting their numbers, and that's why they're able to hang on here versus, let's say, a CrowdStrike or um, whichever one you wanted to look at, like a Zscaler. What just happened? Uh, 815 ADP numbers coming in here. We just popped popped six, seven handles here. ADP coming in at 127,000 versus 200,000. That's non-farm employment change uh, coming in here. Uh, There's a lot of economic data coming in today. It's almost too much to keep on track, but I'll try to do try to walk us through that. Uh, so there you What's guys coming have, at 830? Uh, a lot. You got GDP. You got PCE. There's a lot okay. coming out at 830. Um, so this is the ADP number. Just putting it up there on the screen right now so you guys can get it. Tape bombs. Night. Yeah, get ready. <laughs> I said there hasn't been any. I was like, cancel all. Uh, nice cancel pop. all. Yeah. Sorry, pop, Dennis. Pop. We usually give you a head, uh, heads up on that. Uh, I know. I was in the 815. I'm 8.30, I know. But 8.15, these ADP numbers coming out at 8.15 once a month. I always miss them. They sneak up on you. It's so sneaky. Sneaky. Made a new All high right. there uh, below the interday high from yesterday and then uh, kind of right back down. But, uh, yeah, I took, I, I took my eye off it and then. Boom, I look back in uh, 39.80. So we're still working on the inside day so far. Uh, Yesterday's high was closer to 39.90, but uh, I'm sure Mr. Powell will have something to say about that a little bit later on. Uh, Just to go back to this PANW, you better get back above 170 here. I know they've already had their report, but you had three, four lows in that area. Now you're down three bucks on it. Mm, I might even be patient. Maybe 165 was a daily low, and then a big old gap to fill down to 157.51.
All right, let's keep going. We'll move to the next stock. Let's go. To, let's get out of the kind of cybersecurity stocks. Let's go towards. Do you guys want to talk about Horizon Therapeutics? Let's get towards that, as that's definitely uh, shaking things up today. Let's talk about that in, the, in an area that we've been talking about often now. Healthcare. Let's get into it. Horizon Therapeutics confirmed preliminary discussions regarding potential deal with several big pharma companies. Uh, seems like a bunch of companies are being involved in this. Um, I know one of them was Sanofi, but I think Dennis had, you had a couple more that were being. Um, they said poten- potential suitors, a company actually named the potential suitors, which is a rare thing to do. They had Sanofi and Amgen and Janssen, I think was the other one there too. But um yeah, Sanofi is actually taking on the chin here. It's trading over in Europe. It's down 3%. So maybe market speculators are saying this is the one. Amgen is slightly down, only down $2 here. But obviously, it's going to be a significant premium. It's not a small deal either. Like you sometimes see these $3 billion, $4 billion companies. Um, you know, the choir doesn't really get hit because it's just too small. But this one's actually talking like this would be like a $25 to $30 billion merger potential. So it's a big one for somebody to swallow. We have no confirmation here yet. We just know that they're talking. So, and obviously this is a driver for the XBI here today too. If you're looking at the XBI, it's up 1% because I think it's like 1.3% is HZMP. It's it's over 1% anyways. So that's a little bit of the driver here for HZMP or for the XBI. Um, it's hard to trade something technically when it's in play. So, cause you don't know what the price is. You know, there's an imminent tape bomb, whether, you know, it's going to be good or bad. You don't know, but. You know, just looking at charts is tough. But I'll throw it to our technician, Joel Alconan, just to see if he's got any levels of where he yeah. thinks this thing might be going. Well, 110. That's where someone got really excited. So, uh, and actually, the, the excitement's come down to 105 right now. So, if you're looking, you know, deal or no deal, you had your target. I'd look for yeah. 15, 110. Um, this had a nice breakout back in November. Uh, I don't know if it was, was that a drug trial, Mitch? The day was, uh, going back to the, uh, it had a big gap up in early November from 6318 to 7033. I don't know if that was earnings or a drug trial or someone got a whiff of a deal back then, but, uh, this, this is what the two or three deals, four deals we've had over the past, past month. You're getting some biotech deals. Yeah. And again, maybe it's because biotech has really been hammered. I mean, think about the XBI. You can just see it. You know, obviously, it's been really hammered from the highs $170.79. Your average biotech stock are the smaller stuff. XBI, it's just for people who don't. IBB is a lot of the bigger stuff. XBI is a lot of the smaller stuff. So when XBI has been cut in half, there may be some people snooping around saying, well, they're looking for the, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater, the diamonds in the rough. So you do see more mergers when you start to see the stuff start to come in. There may be some opportunities out there. So I think that's you know why we're starting to see it a little bit more. XBI showing a little bit of life because of that. But you know, for every diamond in the rough, there's also a lot of you know, rough. <laughs> so <laughs> deep rough. Deep uh, rough. 80, yeah, eighty-two bucks is just. Uh, I remember talking about that level uh, last week, I believe, or two weeks ago for uh, for the XBI. Uh, Mitch, we got anything moving in sympathy with the HZNP? Uh, yes, you also got. Uh, you have VRDN, uh, Viridian Therapeutics. So you guys can take a look at that one. Also, looks like it's trading with this one. So keep in mind uh, that. We'll see what happens with these. They're hard trades. I'm probably going to stay off of them, but VRDN, we'll see what happens to these charts. I don't follow that company at all, so I know nothing well, I about it. I did get a pop. Yeah. yeah, but it is popping 14%. And uh, Sanofi is the lead, yeah, lead suitor. Uh, Sanofi um, has had a nice run. Uh, yeah. Give us some back today. You know what, you know what I hate about Sanofi? People, people don't really. You know what I hate about Sanofi? You got to pay the financial transaction tax on it because it's for every trade trade you make on it. Yeah, it's got a, it's got an FTT on it. I think it's from France or is it, is it France? Sanofi. It's got the FTT. I just know every time I trade this thing, I get taxed. So I'm like, it shows up in your account. It sucks. So it's like point. I don't know what it is. It's like point one five percent or something. But it's like it's significant. You know, I made a trade on something. I remember I had one trade on, and I got like a three hundred dollar tax on it. So I mean, one trade. 
if you're big enough, if it's just, if I was, it must have been a big trade, but I think it was like 300 bucks I got charged in tax on that thing. Well, well let's look. Snow fee. Where is it from, mm-hmm. Mitch? France. Let's look what it, what it is. France. Financial yes. tra- transaction tax, France. Let's see how much it is. It's, it's like 0.15%, I think, of the value. So financial huh. transaction tax in France. Oh, gosh. It looks like it's 0.3%. Holy mackerel. I know. So literally, like, you'd get charged like 10 cents, 10, 12 cents on this thing. So you buy the dang thing, or maybe it's more than 15 cents. So you buy 1,000 shares of this, it's 150 bucks. Buy 2,000 shares, 300 bucks. Buy 3,000 shares, it's 450 (laughs) bucks. This is what they wanted to do to our markets. They were like, yeah, let's do this financial transaction tax. It's stupid. Don't ever vote for that financial transaction tax. Oh I usually Lord. don't trade this stock for that reason. You got to make 15 cents to break even. I'll tell you what, team. And we pay it. So don't kid yourself. If you buy this in your interactive broker's account, you will have to go check your notes two days later. You get charged that tax. But you want to know what else is crappy, Joel? High-frequency traders, don't. they get like 0.01%. They get the break on it. So, I mean, this is what was going to happen here, too. They're like, curb high-frequency cool. trading. But then this they're like, oh, we need market say. makers. So the market maker doesn't get tax. It's just the retail trader. Just, just the little guy. Just the little just guy. The little guy. Yeah, it's just the little know, guy. The classic one. The classic move. Um, but yeah. one thing I want to note there is, Dennis, what you just gave right there, I'll tell you right now. There's probably no other media that's going to be talking about that right there. They're going to be know. telling you about the deal, but they're going to be telling you that insight that Dennis knows there because he actually has traded well, I trade it. I traded it. I see tax show up, and it sucks. And I'm so now it's, I'm hesitant it, to trade that's it. That's the gold that you guys get here on pre-market prep. Hit the well, like that, button. That's for a that. lot because Dennis, on, I, man. I know your trades and you know what you're looking for. You know, and a lot of this stuff, and especially if you're doing some arb on something. I mean. You must really think it's a good trade if you're going into Sanofi because uh, you got to you got to you got to come in and say I make I got to make like 15 cents to break even on that thing. That's tough. It's got a three cent spread right now. 15 cents to break even. I mean, the best traders at bright trading average like three, four cents a share over the course of the year because they're trading so much. I mean, 15 cents. It's a deal breaker for anybody. I mean, unless you're a market maker, you don't have to pay it. I mean, it's pretty much a deal breaker for the majority of traders. You better have a huge edge. So it's rare. I see that thing and I avoid it at all costs unless I really think I got a huge edge. So, yeah, it sucks. The financial transaction tax sucks, guys, guys and girls. All right. Uh, just want to give us a heads up, right? In about six minutes, we will be getting some numbers. Uh, we will be getting the GDP quarter over quarter number, too. I think oh, that's gosh, important. more tape bombs. Definitely catch me. that. Um, and then later today, also, you get the beige book. Um, so there's going to be a lot of like economics coming out, uh, labor turnover, <sighs> M2 being released today. Ah. So a good day for uh, Fed talk, right? Jerome Powell is going to be speaking today. So don't miss oh, that. Oh, tape bombs from Jerome, too. Yeah. So um, remember, well, there's one thing that I've talked about. I think that there's a couple of things that can turn this market back towards the bear side. It's economic data going in the wrong direction or the Fed speaking. And today we get both. So just be careful out there. Not saying it's going to happen, but I know I'm going to be a little bit worried about what can hit the tape. Me too. I'm worried. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Let's keep going. We can take one more stock before we get towards 830. I don't want to bring Wayfair up. We'll bring Wayfair up after Dennis gets probably under under the wraps. I know he wants to talk a little bit about that. We'll sneak in. Build a bear here. I know this will be a little bit quicker conversation here as Build a Bear's EPS coming in at 51 cents up from 36 cents year over year. Sales at 104.48 million, beat the 102.62 million estimate. Build a Bear raised their full year 22 total revenue guidance from 440 million, 460 million to 455 to a high end of 465, raising the outlook. Looks like they can't stop building the bear. No, I know. I told you. I told you. I brought my you, daughter. You've been right, man. You've been I right. I brought my daughter to build a bear. Actually, it was my wife brought the daughter to the build a bear, <laughs> the five-year-old, to the build a bear workshop in Toronto. And she built a dolphin. And I don't know. It was a cute dolphin. It was $45. And I'm like, 
They only need to sell like 10 Build-A-Bears and they'll pay their monthly bills because they must have two bucks worth of cost in that thing. And they sold it for $45. But it's the experience. So, I mean, the, the margins must just Even be Even less, Dennis, because they, they make you build the bear. Yeah, they make, you know, yeah I know. <laughs> they it's make exactly you do it. the work. They have a labor cost. Genius. Genius. Holy. <laughs> What a genius business model. Why were we not all over this stock years ago? Let's just make a, a build an iPhone store. <laughs> yeah, build your own phone. And we'll like have the labor with zero labor. And you build it, you put whatever you want on it. You don't want Twitter on it. You don't have to have Twitter on it. <laughs> we digress. I have genius. no idea what to say genius. about the stock. This stock, it seems like it shouldn't be there, but it is. I mean, they do have probably huge margins. They, I, they got my forty bucks, forty-five bucks. So I don't know. I guess it works out. I guess it works out. This is it. <laughs> this is interesting because uh, they must have done some reverse splits or something. Because I have a April two twenty low of a negative twenty-four. So there must have been uh, some reverse splits or something going on there, but. This thing is basically at an all-time high, almost. Uh, this monthly high comes in at 2240, if that was your target. Then uh, the only thing, back in uh, early 22, this thing got up to 2350. So if you look, 32,000 shares, big move up. Uh, you know, There's some potential targets. I have absolutely no, no idea where to buy this thing uh, on a pullback, but there's some potential resistance points for you in they're selling $45 teddy bears they're bloody geniuses next <laughs> all right it's 828 we're about to get some numbers to hit so just be careful out there uh quarter over quarter gdp numbers estimate at 2.7 prior 2.6 what we don't want to see that number drop right if it gets underneath two that would scare me right there. So we'll see what happens here when the numbers hit the tape. But it's about to hit the tape at 830. It's coming. So stay, get ready, guys. It's coming. The heat might, is coming. Might see the SPY open wide a little bit. We'll see what happens there. Look how the SPY even looking like it just did that little pullback on that ADP number. Will it hold yeah. here? Or will right. it crack I'm going on wide. the low of 396? I'm going wide as well. Very wide. Very yeah, now wide. We popped off that other number. Mm -hmm. What do we got? We're up 11 handles, 39. Hmm, we're quiet um, so far. Yeah, all the jumpers are not out there yet. Not yet. Up 11 handles, pre-market high, 39. Yeah, I'm going on mute. I'll be back in Okay, no go on mute. Um, no algo jumpers out there. Come on. Come on, guys. They're like we'll after see, that we'll last see. number, they're scratching. They're scratching their head. Uh, yeah, we're early uh, this time, you know. <laughs> we're early. We're usually sometimes we're late. We get oh, oh, here we oh go. man, mm. there's nothing. There's nothing like when the news just hits at eight thirty and you get like forty press releases at the same Not time. Not jumping the gun. Little oh, bit of selling pressure guys. here. GDP right at 2.9 versus 2.7. That's actually not a bad outlook here. Above that, that's 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 a good. That's actually good news there. GDP coming in. Wait, it's bad uh, news because it's better than expected. So that means interest rates are still going up, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. That means that we're still strong in the economy. So interest rates are going up. So it's good news, bad news, right? It's it's a good news for our economy showing that we're still strong. Bad news that the Fed still has ammo. There you go. We'll see what happens here. We just got the number 2.9 versus 2.7 estimate. Remember, the prior was 2.6. So even going up further than that, we we thought we were going to go up hot. It's hot. Yeah, it's too hot. They don't. This uh, is right going to bring us down. Yeah, this is going to probably bring us down. And an area yep. that I'm looking at. Yesterday we got down towards 393.47. I'm still looking for the kind of the 392 area to come into play with that long term trend line off of the daily. If we can get that to come into that trend line, I think we could eventually come back towards the 400 in the long run. But right now, it looks like we might get a little bit of a pullback. 395, definitely, if that breaks today, I'll be looking for some downside action to continue. We'll see what happens. What are your levels that you'll be watching on? Uh, I'm just yes. going to – yesterday's low, I mean, is is out there. Uh, right now, it's a, it's a battle at the close right now. That's what I'll say. Uh, if the bulls – 
you know, going into, you know, later in the day with the, you know, the Fed speak and everything right now, uh, we got to pop off the 815 number, a little dip off this, uh, this number here. So I'm looking at the close and that close was at, uh, uh, 3962. So I, I say the bulls, the bulls still have a slight edge. If they so there's another number that was released today too, which is the USA core PCE prices. Okay. And that's a little bit different than the PCE price index. Index comes out tomorrow. That's kind of more the focus number. But I will give you this number, right? It's Q3 4.6% versus 4.5% prior 47 So the big number for the PCE, the focus number is for tomorrow. And I did catch people in the chat talking about that, right? And so we need to keep watch to see what happens. And later in the day, we get crude oil inventories, pending home sales, jolts, job openings, a lot on the tape today, guys. So things could swing around all day long. Just be careful out there. All right, should we go to another I'm back. stock? I'm back. Yeah, it's not too bad right now. No, we went up on the ADP and we went back down to where we were on the GDP. So it's just like nothing happened. Yeah, I'd, nothing I'd be happened. a little bit careful. A little bit though, weaker than maybe where we were. Maybe growth stocks. How are the growth stocks handling this downturn? Here's ah, really, I think everybody's just sitting here waiting for it to rally back up. I just get this chop oscillation here. So people are scared to hit the stocks because then the spy mm-hmm. turns around and rallies 0.344%. So we're just choppy. Little yeah. little chop though, not even big chop. Little chop. Hey, so. chop at the top of the range isn't that bad, right? Yeah. Better than chop at the bottom of the range. Yeah. So uh, I, I won't be too mad about being choppy up here on the daily, right? I mean, the bulls have gotten pretty good Doubles. two months. So we're gonna kind go into the number, end though. of the month. Kind of a yeah. hot number. Yeah, I don't even care that much about these numbers. It was though. A hot they number. honestly but, don't. But does this? It's not like does, CPI. You know what I'm gonna look at is this CME Fed tool yeah. turns the slightest bit to 75 basis points for December. That How do you see that, Mitch? Where do you see that tool? So you got to go just literally, you just go CME, CME Fed tool and you'll, show you'll us. get it brought show up. Us. I'll show you guys Teach right us. now. Teach so, me. The main thing though with this is that it's usually lagged data. We so you'll have to this. wait like about like 10 minutes yeah, but I see until it. it hits. So I'll show you guys that right now. I'll share my screen here Money and I'll Mitch give you guys the link. Right now. Um, I always it's take a, a look at show. And the big thing for me is not necessarily where this is at right now. It's the change. How much does it change with this news? And so I usually look at what the day prior was and then compare that to where we're at right now. Um, So here you guys, I'll I'll give you guys the link. So you guys can always take a look at this. Right now we're at that 50 basis points was about 69.9%. It was 0% there. Uh, Well, 75 was still 30, right? 30% 30% here. That's the 400 to 475. So that's 30%. But this was at 724, the time that this is important to catch the time at the bottom here. That's going to yeah. tell you when the time changes. So this was at 724 in about a couple of minutes. This will turn to like about 8, 730. And that will have that that data that we just got, that economic data. And this should change. Watch what time that is changes. that going to change? Usually it's usually lagged. Like right now you can see it's lagged about 10 minutes, about six to a little bit, 10 to 11 minutes lag. Um, So you have to give it a little bit of time to catch up and then they put it out. And I think it's an important thing. Look, when you get that now report, look at the one day right here in this little area right here. It's very important to catch the change there. What was it one day prior to where it is today? I always take a look at that, especially when we get new economic data. It can help you make understanding these economic data really easy versus being confused on trying to understand like what easy. you know all you know PCE, CPI, how do they calculate it? Well, just focus on what the Fed's going to do, right? I think that's going to be an easy way to keep watch in this market. Let's go back towards the stock action. We can get towards some other tickers. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, so let's get towards the next headline. Let's go to Intuit. I'm into right. it. You're into it? All sure. right, let's do it. Q1 EPS, $1.66. Beat the dollar and 22 cent estimate. Sales at $2.6 billion. Beat the $2.5 billion estimate. Intuit sees Q2 EPS at $1.41 to $1.45 on the high end versus a $2.06 estimate. So definitely missing there on the Q2 EPS. Expected sales of 8.9, uh, 8 to 
sees full year 23 adjusted EPS at $13.59 to $13.89 versus a $13.75 estimate. So in their next quarter is where I'd be a little bit concerned about their Q2 EPS. Um, they just reported Q1. Oh, big time nothing burger here. It got a little bit of a rip and then a little bit of a dip. And now it's right back Messy. to suck the premium out of everyone. Joel's just... Joel's messy just chart here. Messy. No, messy? It's, it's messy. The Argentina yeah. player? Uh, 400, 400 is major resistance. That's not going to do any good here. Trading at 380. And... Uh, um, I'll just go to this daily that you have at uh, oh, that's at three seventy. I'm, I'm gonna go super wide on this one, unchanged. I mean, if the bulls want to act like this is a good report, we'll hold the close and take out the previous day's high at eighty five thirty four. If the bears want to, you know, pick a fight, they'll uh, we won't hold the close. We'll take out that low at seventy seven forty three and work our way lower but uh not a lot of volumes traded spooze came back to unchanged so indecision yeah. here trading flat right now right at 39.62 the bulls and the bears are uh Doubles. squaring Doubles. off today there we are. all right well i'll tell you what we do have someone that knows their text so let's go ahead and let's bring our guest today let's get right to it and bring on ivan Feinstein. <laughs> Ivan, what's going on? How we doing? Welcome back. Oh, we got you on the mute. The mute. The mute, the mute track. Button. The mute. The mute. There, there we go. We go. How, how we Sorry doing? It's good, to, it's good to Happy have you, holidays. Ivan. Happy holidays, indeed. Uh, how Always is first to be here? Did, did you do a little Black Friday shopping? No, not really. Not yet. Oh, I thought it was no. you that added to those billions there, but uh, oh, let's I'm, get... gonna, I'm gonna help with the follow through. Oh, all I see, I see. Through, right? I thought he was shopping at Wayfair. I thought Ivan was all <laughs> over these Wayfair. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so let's get into it, Ivan. How did you see the holiday season? And do you think that we finally eventually get that Santa Claus rally that everybody's talking about? Uh, I, I believe we will. I mean, the market is holding up really well in the face of a lot of headwinds. I mean, it's obsessed with the Fed. I think overly so. I mean, we, we pretty much know where Powell is going. In the worst case, it's five and a quarter by February. In the best case, it's 475. So even if we take that midpoint of 5%, I mean, the market has rallied at interest rates at those levels before. But the point is, they are bringing inflation under control. Um, they see many, as you said, throughout a lot of this persistence in the CPI and PPI data, where if you look at actual industrial and food commodities, they have been coming way off of the highs. A lot of them are near one year lows yet for whatever reason, the one area where we weren't seeing that weakness was in the one and the data that the fed was looking at PPI, CPI, and PCE, but that is showing itself to be the case. And because there's such a huge lag in the cause and effect of the raising of rates that the Fed really needs to, to take this step back that everybody's looking for it to announce. So, and I still would rather see them go short by a quarter of a percent than over raise and then have to cut because that would be a negative sign as well. So um, Powell has got to shift to his gradualist position. I'm I'm really been surprised with his persistency, especially when several other Fed governors continue to talk about the need for maybe taking a step back and slowing the pace. So um, today we get Fed Powell speaking at the Brookings Institute at 1:30, and everybody's going to look for some indication. But I still think we get 50 basis points on December 14th, and then another possibly 25 on February 1st. And then they take a, a major pause. Do you so think, I, he, Ivan? Do you think he hints at that pause here today? Because everybody wants to hear some he, thoughts he about a pivot. Think he seem to that? want to give. He doesn't seem to want to say what the market is looking to hear. In fact, he's been very the opposite of that. He's been continuing to say, "Hey, nope, nope, not slowing down at all." I mean, I know you think I'm going to be slowing down. He's yeah. nope, full speed ahead. So maybe he wants. Uh, the to jawbone this and um 
I mean, we've also had this big drop in oil prices for whatever reason, whether it's, I mean, there's some of you know, the lockdown in China that caused this demand disruption that as soon as they go back to where they were, that you'll start to work again and open up again. We'll see this huge spike. But um, I, I think Russia has been cheating and just dumping oil in the you know, back channels for a long, for months and months. And that's why oil is down, which is good to see because, you know, nobody really likes high oil prices. Ivan, Dennis uh, talked about, you know, the volatility coming in and extended period of, uh, you know, of the VIX coming in and quiet markets. What, what I'm struggling with right now is, you know, we've, we've had a really nice rally. And, you know, the buy the dip mentality, you know, seems to be out there, right? But th- is this really a dip here? I mean, th- you know, we're really not that far off the high. We're, we're more just kind of, you know, just grinding in one place i mean is it i mean can you make a technical case here that yeah you know we went up over four thousand now we're back this is like 100 120 point dip and this is the place to be you know reloading for the move to 4100 it just it if so it it doesn't feel that way what what, what's your comments on this it's it's really been a shallow retreat divergence and you look at the tech stocks they've all been pounded and continue to be so apple continues to trade lower microsoft is still on on the lower end of its range um amazon uh then you got crowdstrike this morning um you know so many of the tech stocks. yet the reverse if you really look at what's happening with the industry you got caterpillar boeing uh snap-on tools they're all uh honeywell you got these industrial stocks either at, you know, 52-week highs, near all-time highs. You can't have the industrial sector being as strong as it is if we are heading into a recession within the next two, to three to six months. So I yeah. still say that uh, the big rally will come next year when this recession that everybody is anticipating never comes. So I think Santa Claus comes and we get a year-end rally. I mean, seasonally, it's just the, the seasonal momentum is pretty strong. And then we don't get this recession that everybody is anticipating. I'm anticipating it, too. Why do you think that? Like, how do we get to a point? Because I'm just trying to lay it all out here. You know, the Fed is trying to create the recession. You think the Fed loses? Um, I don't think they create the recession that people think they're trying to create. Certainly, they're not, I don't believe, trying to create a recession. In theory, they're trying to create a destruction in demand to bring down pricing pressure. That hasn't happened. I mean, cons- the, you got okay. Two so yeah, so I just want to stop you there. That that's exactly it. It hasn't happened. So why do they stop? Why does the Fed lay off? Because if you're not getting this, you know, demand destruction that they're trying to create, why would they ever stop? Well, because they have multiple mandates. I mean, yes, price stability, which we are getting. And there is expectations that we will see a turn down in inflation you know, next year, that we could see it back to the 3 to 4% range sometime by mid-next year. The other thing is still employment. And, you know, they even if they were willing, you know, there was a time when that they were going to let inflation run hotter for longer, if you remember almost two years ago when yeah. the Fed was focused on getting the economy, you know, keeping it moving. Yeah. And now they want unemployment higher for longer. I mean, there was a talk of, you know, a four and a half to 5% unemployment rate. That doesn't seem to be coming, even though, again, everybody will watch the November jobs report out on Friday and uh, see if we are getting this reduction in this incredibly resilient employment market. Yet we see more companies announcing hiring freezes, more companies announcing layoffs. And the other crazy part is that if consumers get to be nervous about the economy, their job, and they start to pull back on inflation, then a recession does become, or at least a slight economic downturn, does become a self-fulfilling prophecy. What's also crazy is that the GDP data out, Q3, revised upward from 2.6 to 2.9. So the economy is relentless because of, one, the strong consumer balance sheet, the strong consumer, the resilient consumer theme, and also strong corporate balance sheets. You have companies that continue to announce new or increased share repurchases and dividend increases. You had Workday last night with their results. 
another half a billion dollar share repurchase authorization. You have this cadence of share repurchase authorizations that are, are being announced and dividend increases that are being announced that, you know, don't get announced uh, unless companies feel confident in their cash flow. Now, they can announce a share repurchase and not go through with it or all of it, but it just shows that uh, companies have record levels of excess cash to continue to return to shareholders. Definitely. We do see that. Now, one question that we have from the chat and shout out to another Mitch out there. Uh, when will you call it a recession? So when would you call it a recession oh. if you think that it's not going to yeah. come or hasn't come? What What you is a recession the, for you? The definition is the real definition and the difference between a recession and a depression. A recession is when your neighbor's out of work. A depression is when you're out of work. Huh. <laughs> But I mean, so the traditional measure are two back-to-back -back quarterly declines in GDP. We Didn't had we already it. have that in Q2, Q1 and Q2. Yet the strength in Q3 recovers, I think, all of that or and more. So it's almost like it didn't happen, and and it did happen. Okay, so we had the two down quarters, and now we recovered from it, and yet rates are higher from that level. Like, like here are my thoughts, and I've said these on the show. I think it's just delayed. I think that it takes time for interest rates, a raise in interest rates, to yes. hit, hit people. I think no, like I, people absolutely. had savings. They, they've exhausted those. People are racking up the credit card debt. We can see that in the numbers here now. So i just adding it all up. And if rates stay where they are, eventually people just have less money. I think we'll be carried through the Christmas season. People will find money for Christmas. But I start to think like 2023, I'm like, I think people are going to have less money. And that's what keeps me out of stocks. I want to be in stocks. I, they've come down a long ways, Ivan. To your point, I mean, I kind of want to be in stocks. But at the same time, I think, well, you know, I just think if people have less money and we're going to get some demand destruction, I was like, well, maybe we are going to go into a recession in 2023. Well, but I think it doesn't come in this big picture measurable. It's like the correction in the market. We've had a huge correction in a lot of stocks and we've had huge rallies in a lot of stocks, but we haven't had a major correction in the market for the past few months that everybody's been calling for. You still have people calling for the, the S&P 500 pulling back to anywhere from 36 to 100 to 3000. And that may not happen, but we have huge corrections in many stocks and huge gains in other stocks. So it's not even these rolling corrections. It's just that it's just happens in different places in different ways. And it's not you know, a, a complete picture. I mean, the economy may be slowing in some areas, but it's strong in other areas. All right. Now, one area that I've been looking at is, of course, we've been seeing some kind of value plays getting some lift, right? I wanted to get some question on some tech on uh, some names that we don't really talk about too much anymore, IBM and maybe Intel. What do you guys, what do you feel about these two, Ivan? I'm neutral on IBM only because um, they've just been a, so come from behind and it's, they are coming from behind finally, but there's still so much competition and so many better tech plays. And Intel, I mean, they're shifting from the lead, they'll still, I believe, be a leader in chip design to a leader in chip production. And this is, uh, you know, they're in a, still a great position. And, you know, the demand, and by the way, this demand even for the, the chip shortage is now over. I mean, almost the auto industry is pretty much announced that the chip shortage is over. And the other area that was contributing to significant inflation pressure was new and especially used car prices that we are seeing a huge abatement in. I mean, there's by this spring, the dealerships are going to be awash in cars. Plus, there's a lot of exciting things in this shift to electrification. More is going to happen in the auto industry over the next three years than that has taken place in the entire about 120-year history of the auto industry combined. Are you looking anywhere else? I mean, as far as stocks, you I like anywhere General else. You look uh, the auto plays, General Motors, uh, Qualcomm, uh, Snap-on Tools, Rivian. Um, uh, I think those are um, great ways to play the, the auto boom, uh, along with NVIDIA. I still like the chip sector. I like Intel, NVIDIA. 
um, Qualcomm, Skyworks, uh, Corvo. It is all about high-speed connectivity that is also part of this auto electrification and connected vehicle and autom uh, automated safety system and eventual increase in um, autonomous driving. That's part of the play and those, those stocks play into this theme as well. So there's a lot of great underlying themes that you really got to look beyond the, the next, you know, the, the quarterly results and what the Fed is going to do. Because I will tell you what I say all the time. What Fed, it doesn't matter what Fed Chair Powell says tomorrow or what they do at the FOMC meeting on the 14th. The next morning, Tim Cook will get up and all he will think about is not what the Fed did or what the economy is doing, but how to sell more iPhones. What about Mary's China? What about China? You staying well, away? China? Yeah, well, I, I've never been a fan. I mean, I, I think hopefully the world is waking up that it has cost the world a lot to have been so dependent on a China-based supply chain that we're going to have this diversification away, of which Intel is a play because they are investing heavily, excuse me, in foundry capacity here in the U.S. They're building, making massive investments in chip factor processor factories in Arizona and Ohio, and I, they want to be, along with other companies, the world's leading producer of, of semiconductors. Yeah, we got some. Uh, I mentioned I noticed some pizza down there on the, uh, <laughs> on, the, on, the, on, the on the bottom left there. Your um, bottom right corner there. I don't. I don't know if it's the green screen, but it looks like a little slice of pizza. It's making me think of uh, getting some Papa John's today. <laughs> there it goes. Ivan's fine, Seth, partner and CIO at Tigris Financial Partners, joining us here on Wednesday's pre-market prep. Thanks, Ivan. Thank you. Great to see you guys. Have a good one, Ivan. We'll have you back on. Appreciate it. All right, let's go ahead. We'll take a look at the overall market. You can bring your camera back on, Joe. I just wanted to make sure we had uh, some good audio connection for the interview. Appreciate you knocking your camera down at least for a little while. Let's take a look at the overall market. How do you guys see it? We still leaking here? Uh, yeah, slight leak. Again, we, we're waiting. It's a quiet period before Powell talks today. Powell, obviously. What time is he talking? Do you know? Dude, honestly, I've been looking. Do we have the time? every single place and i you guys might know you guys might know it more than i am I, i've been looking everywhere chat what time chat's good what time does yeah talk? honestly i've looked Gene at 1 30 thank you thank you gene honestly i've looked so many places and everywhere we're getting consensus one thirty. there you go One thirty. tom vigor says powell's lowering rates at one thirty. <laughs> 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 it's funny but uh yeah, we'll so 130. What... So you're going to be a little choppy, a little quiet ahead of that, positioning ahead of it, because it's going to be a driver. But yeah. I think what Ivan said was he doesn't want to give any indication that he's going to turn and pivot. And I think the market won't like that. So I'm nervous to be long stocks. And if he does give an indication of pivot, though, the market will rally hard. So I, I guess you're just trying to play. You know, what is Powell going to say? I mean, what's in his head? How is it going to come out? It's not even like the speech. It's like the questions when he asks, you know, when he gets asked questions. Yeah. Does yeah. When they come ask out questions. with something the that Q &A, indicates man. he might be looking to pivot sooner than later. Well, what that did would they be do? green light go on stocks. What, what was Bullard doing a, a couple of days ago? He was taming the markets. Bully, it seemed bully. like, well, guess what? I, I have a feeling that Powell's going to come in here. And tame the markets again. Keep them. Re that he, I think personally, it's it's a better thing to keep the markets down here than to let the markets rip because he doesn't want the markets his, up. He he doesn't want the markets. The wealth up. effect is going counter to what he's trying to accomplish. Yeah, literally, literally, that's just not his his intention here. I think he's going to be as as hawkish and tame here, it down. Here's scenario: Apple keeps. You know, Ivan's scenario, and we were talking with Ivan just now, but let's say Apple continues, you know, Tim Cook comes out, figures out how to sell more iPhones. You know, everybody wants the new iPhones. Well, it's not bringing in prices. I mean, this is the problem. You're just like, it's this con conflict here. You know, obviously, you know, the stock market wants, you know, expansions, good economic profits, and you got the Fed that wants to bring down pricing, but still wants the stock market to have these things. You can't have both. You can't have your cake and eat it too. You get one or the other. You're going to get lower prices, but you're going to get, obviously, uh, you know, maybe it's, I just don't think there's a recipe for a soft landing. 
So, I mean, so far, so good. The stock market has held up fairly well because of value stocks going up. But I just think at the end of the day, they're trying to bring inflation in. You don't get that with higher economic, you don't get that with higher corporate earnings. You don't get that demand destruction. So if you get demand destruction, corporate earnings go down. So I don't see how you get it all. And that's why I tend to keep some cash here because I think eventually higher interest rates hit this economy. And I don't think rates come down until let's it does. Go, let's go to growth economy. real quick, Dennis. We got a few yeah. minutes left. Uh, we we wanted here. to discuss Wayfair. Yeah, we wanted let's to discuss Wayfair. Wayfair announcing strong five-day peak holiday shopping period, including a low single-digit increase uh, year over year. Um, repeated customers accounted for 73% of the holiday orders, and hundreds of thousands of new customers ordered from Wayfair for the first time. So uh, is now the time for Wayfair? It's pulled back dramatically. Is now the time? I haven't taken a look at the PE on Wayfair. I'm pretty sure it's still high, but I'm going to take yeah. a peek. And, and and this is sneaky. Obviously, you know, you get the holiday sales. It's five days of holiday sales. I read that headline. I actually traded that headline. I was long the stock for a bit last night. Mm. I made some money. And then I went short the stock, too. Uh, I went short the stock around 34, 34.75, I think, after it, it had come down off of, off the 35. You can see in, like, the second purple candle, I think, there, Joel, if you're looking at the top left chart. Mm-hmm. And I just covered it this morning. Yep. I just covered it at 33 and a half. So, um, before obviously we, we've met, we've talked about it here. So, I mean, it was, uh, it, I think it kind of overshot. I think when you got up over 10% on this thing, it was an overshoot. It did, I think it's it, worth it, something. Yep, nice pop. So, so yeah, so I played this pretty well. I got, I got a little bit on the upside, a little bit on the downside. I didn't get the whole move. I never get the whole move, but a little bit on the upside, a little bit on the downside. Uh, going from here, I'm like, you're talking about five days. So not like all of a sudden, you know, we see, you know, the guy in Swayfair, we're killing him. It was a decent five days. And that's good news. And there's some sneaky stocks, other ones that, you know, are, we're lifting on this a little bit here this morning as well. A firm was trading higher earlier before the, the market obviously went red. We've had, you know, a few other stocks trading up and that were up in the green here too off this Wayfair. But Overstock was uh, up a little bit for a while too. But I, I don't know. I mean, five days, is this like the a, a turning point? Like, okay, yeah, they had a good, you know, they had a good black friday sales so now all of a sudden we're jumping in i, I don't know if that's the case a company losing money that's all i'll say well uh, there you go too <laughs> that's all i'll say of, you know it's the kind of stock that gets sold on rips and we've already saw, had, saw it to a st- certain extent here this morning yeah you had a nice uh nice confluence with that after hours pop up to 35 59 like yeah it's a big one because <laughs> that came in right with the daily high at thirty six sixty seven, or excuse me, daily high at uh, thirty five thirty nine. So you got to do some heavy lifting to to get back up there. Uh, the only thing I would say on this is a a word of caution. Side, I mean Amazon huh, got Amazon right. We uh, on Monday, oh woo, big line, you know, big sales pop, gave it back yesterday. Now it's four yeah. bucks off that high. I, and then uh, we gave you a level shot to your drop, right? And uh, that 40 bucks just stood big. So you did get those pops in those stocks, but uh, it gave it back fairly quickly. Uh, kind of like the S&P 500 index, folks. Uh, we've been leaking uh, since that uh, 830 yeah. number. Uh, we are now in the red. We did lose the close. So that will be important in the first few minutes of the session to regain that 39.62. Uh, nothing for you at that pre-market low. Yesterday's low is at uh, 41 and a quarter, so we'll keep it away on, an eye on that. If if Powell gets real negative, uh, our low from last week, uh, call, call him that at 39.12.50. So uh, great show, guys. I'm going to check out for now and let you guys finish up. All right, I'll let you get on out of here. You guys can keep up with Joel at premarketprep.com for Premarket Prep Plus. And uh, we'll go ahead and get you out of here, Dennis. You have a good one. Yeah, Go thanks. get toward your thanks, trading Mitch. action. Great job again. Yeah, go do what you do best, my friend. Go get to your trading action. We'll get uh, Dennis out of here. We'll wrap up and bring you guys over to Benzinga TV as we get into some live trading action. And, of course, we got more up of our sleeves. We got Benzinga Live, Stock Market Movers, and tomorrow – 
us crypto fans. You don't want to miss stock market movers. I'm going to actually be having an executive from Binance joining me on stock market movers. We'll talk all about the FTX situation, what happened in cryptocurrency. But of course, you guys can catch more at the cryptocurrency event, the future of crypto coming to you next week from New York City. You still got a chance to get your tickets. I'll still give you guys that discount that's still working, which gives you 20% off. Are you ready for the next bull market? Because eventually, I feel like this is going to be the last chance to find a wave for crypto. You guys have heard me talk about it before. Here's the link for you guys to check it out. And like always, check out the trailer and join us at the future crypto event in New York City, December 7th. team i'll see you guys new york city we'll see what happens coming up next let's get to some live trading action hit the thumbs up if you guys enjoyed today's show and of course our guest today ivan feinsef thank you for joining us now let's get you guys over and continue going right here you don't gotta change anywhere all day long on benzinga we got it all for you let's get right to it hit the thumbs up let's see what we got in the market today (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.